How's it going? What's going on, my brother? How are you? Good, good. How are you? Doing just fine. Man, it's been a while. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I can't remember the last time we recorded, so uh, I'm definitely a little rusty. So, funny, I thought about it this morning. Every time prior to this, I did not have the fancy iPhone headphones that have the microphone in the thing like oh, i didn't sure. even i didn't even have this film the last time we recorded <laughs> Dang, bro. it's been a minute it's meanwhile good. i still got these busted corded uh oh no these are for sure corded i'm just saying. with the thing oh no that, no i just i didn't even have those anymore because my last phone was a gift from my sister so wow. i got i got me a phone in october and it came with the 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 original ones or whatever and yeah, i'm just yeah. saying i that's why anyway <laughs> yeah it's, it's been the rust long. is real the rust is real <laughs> yeah we'll get through it oh yeah hey, how you doing oh man um we're we're holding up <laughs> we are we are holding up that's that's for certain um it's me and my wife and my daughter, and uh, we are occupying our two-bedroom apartment and the fullest extent of us going outside or, or getting any, like, interaction with space outside of our apartment is literally riding a bike in a circle, riding a scooter in a circle, uh climbing a tree or going to the mailbox so uh as as you can imagine everyone is is stir crazy and um i think at the end of the day we're just we're trying to trying to maintain Mm because this is uh i haven't seen i don't think any of us have ever seen anything like this before unless you happen to have lived through <laughs> you know like a Spanish influenza which if you did I feel terrible for you yeah no uh, <laughs> is this is like nothing we've seen yeah. um, I think the difference between one of the differences between this and a lot of like other big events that we've experienced in our lifetimes is those big events that come. There's like an intense moment where the thing happens and then it passes. And then in that time after it passing, you're able to like, even if you're like cleaning up after the thing, right? Yeah. Right. Like I'm thinking of a specific day when I was in seventh grade, right? There's this big crazy day, right? In September. And the big thing happens and then even there's cleaning up. There's like, obviously people never forget about it, especially if you lived in the region or lost someone, et cetera. But like, yeah. it doesn't shut down a whole country and multiple countries around yeah. the world. Right. Like it, yeah. it's, it's a different kind of thing. Right. It's like, okay, this is just life. Now this is like how life happens for the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that is maybe the scariest part of it is uh, the unknown component of it, right? Is that none of us know how this is going to pan out. And just like you said, you know, none of us in our lifetimes have experienced something like this. Mm-hmm. And it's in our generation, I think, like, I was, I was sharing with a buddy of mine, you know, you have, again, the, the flu when it was first a thing. Um, you had the stock market crash and the Great Depression in previous generations. You did not have anything like that for maybe the past one or two generations. So, I mean, to my knowledge, um, people went to school during World War Two. Like, to my yeah. knowledge, American kid, like kids in the U.S., were still going to school. Right. And and here we are. Universities are shut down completely. Um, my daughter's school uh, just announced that they will not be opening for the rest of the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been out of work since mid-March, which, you know, that's a, that's a double-sided coin. You know, we've been super fortunate, but, um, you know, you have entire industries that have been shut down as a result of this. And, um, yeah, it's... It's, it's a strange time to be alive, but uh, if if I had to to label kind of where we are and what we're doing, we're managing, we're maintaining. And I think I mean I think so many people are doing that to the best of their ability. I even read something yesterday. There's like a little meme on the internet saying that, uh, you know how, and obviously like you got to be smart and whatnot, but how are we to determine what's essential for folks? Like maybe the guy who went to the hardware store to buy some paint is doing his darndest to not pick up a bottle of beer that he's like successfully avoided for some time now. Right. Who maybe was, you know, maybe was an addict and now is like in recovery, but like he needs something to do otherwise, like, because when, yeah. when you're in isolation, like one of the things I realized, and I'll just go there quickly, is that in the first week or two, right? Some of, I was telling a friend, like every single trauma in your life, kind of like every single thing mm. kind of pops up all at once. And, and so like, I even have described it to family members, like all your inner demons come up, you know? Yeah. And, and what that looks like looks like looks different for everybody, but I've had to be incredibly intentional to like, I'm going to do these things to try and like make sure that I can still do the other things to like make sure the household's fine because I'm, in, I'm incredibly fortunate. I'm also a, te- I'm a teacher and I've the last day I was at school was March 17th. Oscar's birthday, um, but I was handing out packets with gloves on 
because we knew that it was going to be at least three weeks at that point. It's been three weeks. Spring break is happening right now. We're not going back. We, a couple weeks ago, announced that, you know, we're not going back this school year. Um, and so it's, this is, this is how we do things now. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, a. I'm very fortunate in that I'm a teacher. You good? <laughs> Sorry, no, you're good. I'm very fortunate yeah, in that I'm a I'm a I'm a teacher, and like they're yeah. they're making sure that like income still comes in for us, even if we're. Not. And so I'm doing my my best to be useful during this time, right? Like to still create meaningful things for my yeah. students that won't overwhelm their parents and whatnot. But it's. Yeah. And and that's dope too. Like I, I have to interrupt yeah, go ahead. and um just commend you for that too because what you're doing is you're not just doing that for your students, but um you're putting that content on Instagram. Yeah. Which is a platform that anybody uh who has a smart device can access. And so me all the way down in the state of Georgia can access that same content. You know, my daughter's school isn't doing too much in regards to physical education. Yeah. It's kind of an afterthought. We were to, if, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's right there with reasons <laughs> for a lot of these people. Let's be honest. Um, it's like, let's just get this kid out of the classroom and wear them out a little bit. Um, <laughs> Like, that is kind of the mindset that I'm seeing, mm-hmm. you know, with my daughter's school. And so, um, for you to have that content on Instagram, where if we were to go outside or if we were to just create space inside, um, my daughter would be able to have those same practices. And so, this is like what you, what you have done and what I've seen other people do that's similar is really um, really good for this time because you are helping your students because you have made that information accessible for everybody. Sorry, we got a little guy waking up. Oh, dude, don't worry. Uh, for those of you who are listening, welcome to the Dead Man's Coffee He's Club. He's good, Sometimes I got Sometimes our children join us. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We like kids too. (laughs) Yeah, man, like what you said, though, about um, the person who was going to pick up the can of paint. Like that's something that I don't think I, I very much considered that, you know, that person could very well be trying to avoid uh, trauma or a habit or... Um, you know, some dependency that they have. Uh, I think about one of my former um, employers and someone that I worked directly under who I thought was just the most fantastic person. And um, I found out later on that she had been sober for a year. Um, and I, I didn't know this information about her. She didn't, you know, boast mm-hmm. in it 
or anything like that, but she had been sober for a year. And um, I think about it now, this would make two years, but our jobs are, you know, outings, going places, running errands, um, and our hobbies. Like, those are the things that, that occupy our time that, on one hand, are really good tools for us to manage ourselves. But then... On the flip side of that, uh, sometimes they have this tendency of, you know, taking us outside of looking inwardly or having to no, face sure. a lot of those those demons or those things. And so, like, I, I, that's something I certainly didn't consider in terms of, like, what is essential. Because to me... Like, if you're going to get paint or, you know, my wife was telling me she had to run to Target for, like, you know, tissue, which, I mean, that's a whole other story. Like, y'all out here wilding over toilet tissue. Um, But she went to the store for, like, ink for her printer uh, because she does digital art and for tissue. Mm -hmm. And she did the whole, like, you know, like, pick up at the store. She didn't need to have to get right. in the car. But she pulls up, and there's these two, like, you know, college-age girls who literally, in their hand, just have a piece of decorative wear for their kitchen. And it's like, are, you know, was that essential? Was that necessary? And then, you know, if you were to flip that on its head, you know, based off of, you know, what you had just said, maybe it was. Like, right. <laughs> I guess that's, that's left for the individual to decide. But uh, nonetheless, it's just, it's, it's sticky time. No, it, it for sure is. And, like, maybe the thing for your kitchen wasn't <laughs> absolutely vital, but also maybe it was. And maybe... Maybe it was. I'm trying to justify maybe, it. Maybe but... it gave a sense of peace that, you know, yeah, yeah. we can't be the judge of. Um, and I think, I don't know, the, one of the... I think everyone is, my guess is, for the most part, trying to do what they can to, like, make this unknown time um, as positive as possible whether that is in like using their gifts to like share back or like just making their household a little bit more pleasant or whatever they're doing you know to but I think you're absolutely right I know for the first week or two uh, sitting quietly was not something I did well um, during this time, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to do the next thing. Oh, here's a, here's a spare minute. I'm going to do this thing just around the house. Right. Um, or in the yard or whatever, like I'm not going to the store, but I'm keeping myself very busy just to occupy my thoughts and occupy my, my body so that I'm whatever, like I'm a phys ed teacher. I move literally all day. So, I realized that my first two hour Zoom meeting, like, oh, 
yeah, you definitely pick the right career. Like sitting in a meeting is maybe, maybe not your favorite thing, but um, I think it's also important to kind of, well, when you can to explore some of those dark corners that you don't always get a chance to explore during normal life, right? Like explore things that scare you and, 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 and see how we might come out better on the other side of this when we're fortunate, like whatever, like normal you create during this time, whatever schedule you keep, whatever things you do, like whatever shows you watch, whatever activities you do to keep your yourself semi-normal while also staying safe yeah how do we come out a little bit better on the other side yeah yeah and i, I think that saying it that way like this this is our mm-hmm. new normal like we're finding a new normal things aren't going to go back to the way that no. they were and if they do it won't be for a while <laughs> and so Right now, what we're doing is we're having to form and develop and create new habits and new ways of of doing life that we didn't have to worry about in the past. But now with layoffs or with schools letting out early, uh, with social distancing and and, um, stay-at-home orders being put Mm -hmm. in place, this is what normal looks like for us, at least, and I'm saying at least for another month to two months. Yeah. Um, just in terms of what certain states have issued uh, regarding their states of emergency or their stay-at-home orders. So, on the one hand, um, I think it is necessary to create those those normalcies and those habits so that you can carry on. Um, but then, on the other hand, this is unknown, uncharted territory, and it's okay on some level to just want to freak out or to be disheartened or to be scared mm-hmm. or to, you know, just like have a moment as a result of, yeah, to not, of, of not wanting to deal with those things immediately to have your moment. Like, I think that that's still, um, for some people, that's still very necessary. Uh, And, you know, I see all the things online about, you know, here's the time for you to finish that project. And here's the time for you to do this and to do that. And I'm like, yeah, cool. That's great. But what about the person who is in mental health counseling? who is suffering from stress or depression or anxiety, you know, what about the person who, you know, is working a full-time job and now they're a kindergarten teacher on top of that? Um, The smart thing for you, just right off the cuff, might not be let's navigate this thing and find the new normal. Sometimes you just got to sit in mm-hmm. and you have to cope and you have to deal with where you are and then you can get to that stage. Um, but I think that, you know, coping is also a, like a big part of this. Like we're coping with the fact that normal is a normal and that we're having to find 
a a new kind of normal amidst all of the changes. Someone posted the other day that you can't heal unless you're willing to feel. And I think that um, what what you just said reminded me of that because I I think if if we're not willing to kind of – for like for growth to happen you have to you know be willing to 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 go into it right and we have to be willing to feel like this is this isn't normal right like this let's just all admit like this isn't normal or this isn't what our normal was and like on but if we want to you know get okay with it we're gonna have to actually feel that we're uncomfortable we're gonna have to feel that like you know what maybe i did just drive to the store to drive to the store like i think i was telling somebody the other day day, on the other side of this i bet every supermarket has uh what's it called curbside pickup like so that Mm. almost the only people in the store are employees you know and people are just going to have to be a little bit more intent are going to be a little bit more intentional about like, I'm going to the store for this, not just to wander around and do stuff. But I think the feeling that this is uncomfortable and feeling that it's not normal is good. And then, and then you can like take a step, whatever that little step is, right? Like maybe it's like, taking a couple breaths that day or maybe it's making cool cards like that address the <laughs> fact that like no one's gonna walk across the stage this year you know like yeah. no yeah. no one's gonna go to, to an in-person wedding in the month of june like yeah that's not happening um and, and i think i don't know i, I think that like yeah. we have to be willing to feel like the uneasiness of this to in order to kind of make a little bit of sense of it. Yeah. I, um, I've been practicing like centering prayer and contemplation for a few years. And, um, I came into relationship with a, uh, a fellow who who actually teaches meditation and contemplation. Um, he does like uh, like seminars and he hosts um, groups. And he's done this for for years and years. And I was sharing with him recently about uh, Senator Sanders' campaign. campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this will get on topic no, very soon. But I was sharing with him just kind of my frustration um, with his campaign being suspended. Um, and, you know, that to me was just kind of the icing oh, on the yeah. cake because I already have my qualms with the uh, American um, economic and political <laughs> powers and structures, right? Um, that's an entirely different episode, but, um, what I was sharing with him is that, you know, in contemplation and in centering prayer and, you know, meditation, 
a lot of the focus is on detachment. It's detaching yourself from emotions and um, from feelings, um, being present in a moment. And what I notice is that a lot of the people who do centering prayer and contemplation and meditation in any form or fashion, like whether you're a Christian mm-hmm. or Buddhist or whatever, um, just have this way about them where it's, you know, nothing bothers me. I'm detached from all of this. Um, but I've never been able to, to get there. Yeah. Um, in some way, I'm still very much tethered to the world that I live in. And using the Wait. conversation of like political structures and things like that, and I shared with him, I was like, I feel like Jesus in the temple. If if you look at the person of Jesus being fully man and fully God, if that's how you want to perceive it, um, you have a divine thing that's inside of a temple flipping tables over because he's upset. Mm -hmm. So you have the divine reality doing real human shit. Having and experiencing real emotion. And I was like, that's where I am and that's how I feel. And he told me, he was like, this teacher was like, it's not that you are now devoid of feeling and emotion. But it's that you're not consumed mm-hmm. by it. Your actions are not led by it. But you're more aware of your emotions. You're, you're more aware of your feelings. You have a, a better relationship with and you communicate with those, those feelings and those emotions versus being led by them. And I think that that's where a lot of us have to get with this whole situation is let's get beyond... Um, the fear, let's get beyond uh, the, the worry or the anxiety or the frustration of the thing. Um, let's acknowledge that they're there and that they're very much real and they're very much a part of uh, how we live our lives. But how can I, I live in a way now that with those things in mind, I'm not consumed by those things? but I can still interact with and, and, and understand my relationship to and proximity to those things. Yeah. I think, and I think what, what we'll start to see when people, when, when we, because we're people and we're struggling with this as well, right. Is that we're able to, uh, in little big ways, right. Like, uh, take this time as, an opportunity to like even in the smallest little interactions or whatever behaviors to uh, get a little bit more intentional in how we how we do things so that um right like there's 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 a gym in california where they they do on tuesdays it's pasta night and they do a zoom meeting (laughs) with anyone who like it's a public thing. Like anyone who wants to join while everyone's eating pasta over zoom. Like it's, 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 it's silly. It, it like, this is not the community of people who you think are going to like throw down on some pasta, but like, 
it's also like a beautiful little uh, thing where like we we get we get to be a little bit more intentional about like who we're in relationship with right now and and how we can um nurture the relationships we're in and how like moving forward we can um, I don't know how, how how we can do things right like yeah yeah that wasn't very eloquent but like it just like no I no, think I, mean, it, I think I that uh, and I don't know if that's exactly where you're going but like it, I also I also don't have the religious background that like that you do, but I think that like that there's a reason Bernie Sanders has been so agitated and frustrated for so long, right? There's a reason that like my understanding of Jesus, like he was he was not okay with how things were being done. I, it's those feelings are real and they're okay and whatnot, and like yeah. and we can do this better because clearly we can do this better, right? Like we can do all these little and big things better. Um, We can go to the store better. We can like teach our kids to wash their hands better. We can like, we can have better relationships with people. We can do those things better. And on the other side of the fear of this thing is that like, we can do these little things better. And, and so that hopefully, you know, the next, (laughs) the next time something like this happens, we're more resilient and we're like, or we're more responsive or we're more like we cut it off at the beginning or we're like more responsive for society at large. So that like we see less of the inequities that we're seeing, which are, I mean, we see them every day in schools. We see them every day everywhere. This is just like pushing those to our for the forefront of everything that like Bernie Sanders and all these everyone <laughs> since the beginning of time has been fighting for is that like this is it's not set up the right way, right? It's set up for one of my homies is uh, a nurse in uh, New York City in Harlem at Harlem oh, City wow. Hospital. Okay. I'll send you a video. She was in the other day. And like she been since she started working there, she's been talking about how the numbers are messed up, right? How they have not enough nurses and doctors and too many patients and not enough room and all this stuff. And then this hits and like, so, so she was on D- Democracy Now the other day talking about how like important <clears throat> nationalized healthcare is and like how there needs to be like a national system to. Uh, so like supplies and stuff like I was looking at the and I'm no scientist here folks but like the in states where there's going to be a peak and like what that peak number of people sick is going to be and like my siblings live in Utah and that number is going to peak around a thousand right that's what they're predicting obviously like no one predicted this so whatever but the number in New York City the last time I saw it was in the 80,000s right and and (laughs) And, and I mean, part of that's like, you have so many people living so close together, you have all like, there's no way around it, but also they need more supplies than maybe they do in Utah. <laughs> so like, or, right. or my dad lives in Alaska, right? Like people are a little bit more spaced out there. 
So, you know, you have, you, you need supplies for sure, because this is, I'm sure going to hit like indigenous communities a lot harder. I've heard it already is right in the continental U S like then there, but like that if we had like a more nationalized system around healthcare, that we could get those supplies to the, the, the hospitals that need, needed them the most a little bit faster, right? Or you would just be thinking about stuff like this and, and so that people who are sick can go to the hospital and like get taken care of without having to worry about like, am I going to lose everything? And so I think like there's always going to be, there's a, a line from the Blue Scholars, uh, a, a song called Yuri Kochiyama, who is a activist, um, and mm-hmm. there, the one of the lines is there will always be a reason for the fist, like a, a, like a fist to the sky, kind of like, there will always be a reason to like, keep fighting. There will always be a reason to try and make this thing better. Um, yeah. and I think this pandemic is just putting that to our forefront. So like on the micro scale, right. That's like what in your household, whether that's an apartment, a house, whatever this, this setup is, what can we do like daily to make it like a little bit better, right? Like how can we homeschool right, our kids right. a little bit better? And like, so they don't hate us and we don't hate every moment of whatever. Exactly. And then on yeah. the, on the macro scale, like on eventually we're going to come out on the other side of this and maybe people will realize like electing someone like Donald Trump wasn't a good idea. Cause he doesn't think about this sort of shit. Right. Or, <laughs> or, Right. Or maybe we need to like reconfigure our political system so that it is more aligned with like the actual needs of the people and not the needs of the businesses. Right. Like, so that there's not like billion trillion dollar bailouts for big ass businesses while like mom and pops businesses are going out, uh, going out of business and moms and pops are like struggling to make ends meet right now because we don't have like a, a big nest egg to like that we're sitting on. And so, and sorry, I said we right there, but I <laughs> I don't have them, but like I'm also still getting paid. And so I like I want to be very upfront. Like I feel very, very, very fortunate to still be getting paid as an educator. And with that, that's why like I'm trying to create the best stuff possible for my students and anyone who has access to it and like talk with all the phys ed teachers and whatnot so that we can collectively put out something better for our kids because it's, <laughs> I don't know how it gets swept in the rug, but like clearly health is important right now. People so like, maybe, maybe we should be focusing on it. I don't know. I don't know, man. That was a, a long rant and ramble, but I think that no, no, you, I, th- I think you still, you still hit it. All I, the head. I, and I, th- and I think like the moments of quiet and the moments of reflection and the moments of contemplation are so important right now, but also rooted in like, you know, whether it's in our household, whether it's in the next five minutes with your kid, right? Like we get this opportunity to try and like, whether it's with your next interaction with the person, when you do pick up order from a store, right? Like, I try and make it a point to like take any package that comes via delivery from the person's hand and say, thank you. Like, thank you. I know like you're wearing a mask and gloves right now. Thank you. 
So, I don't know. Yeah. And I think just to kind of like wrap that up and just kind of tie it all together, like I look at it the same way as you know, if you deal with the stages of grief, right? Like there, there are layers to to coping and to dealing with um, prior to to coming out of that grief, and so that's going to vary from person to person. That's going to look differently depending on who you are and who you were Mm -hmm. prior to this whole thing happening. So you very well may be the person who has a longer period of denial than somewhere else. But it is necessary to go through that denial um, so that you can then go through... Um, you know, whatever, like, anxiety or um, whatever feelings of, of worry that you have. And then ultimately, once you have dealt with those things. And they might come back up. They hopefully might come back you're fortunate too. enough. It, it, it well, it very well may, you know. That's, it's not to say that, you know, oh, this thing comes and it goes and we're, we're good. You know, my wife, being someone who deals with... Um, you know, anxiety, uh, she's like, you know, it, it just bubbles up from time to time. And I try my best to manage it with gratitude, but it still mm-hmm. comes up. And so that's not to say that you're going to go through things or, you know, different phases and you're not going to just kind of relapse. Like, I just, I think all of life is yeah. a cycle anyways. You're going to cycle through those things. Like, if you want to look at it as, you know, order, disorder, reorder. If you want to look at it as, you know, Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. When you look at those things, there's not a definitive beginning and end. There just happen to be times where you're, you're cool, you're straight, where you're not dealing with the bullshit. Um, but then you go right back into it. And it might not be as bad. It might not be um, as hard as the last time, but you'll still go through it. And I think that, um, you know, it's important, though, that we feel mm-hmm. those things, that we experience those things, that we, uh, we really deal with that and then deal with ourselves. Because it's in doing that that we're going to be able to have um, not only more self-awareness, but we're be, we're going to be able to create a sense of of normal in a world that's dealing with um, a pandemic like this. Um, so, yeah, feel your feelings, disregard your feelings, go through all the necessary steps. But the the end result should be: how do we make this better for? Um, not only ourselves, but for those connected to us and uh, those around us. So whether that's your family or whether that's the person at, you know, the Publix or the Kroger or whatever, that you're just being kind to. What? That, that, you know, you don't have any attachment to in your daily life, but now you're having this interaction with. And I think that being able to to see all of that, to put it all into perspective, and to act is going to be um, revolutionary 
and I think that it has a lot of potential and a lot of power to uh, change the way that we interact with each other, change the way that on a macro cosmic level, we even interact with things like government and economics um, and, you know, all of that. So, um, but ultimately, though, it does start with how am I managing myself and how am I going through these stages and these phases and how am I developing? How am I growing? How am I um, aware of and interacting with my emotions? Yes, sir. Good. TED talk is over. No, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful TED talk. You know, on the other side of TED talks, I don't know if you knew this, but the original point was like you go to a room with the people with a a room full of people with a bunch of money, and they throw some at your idea at the end of it. That's that was the original the original <laughs> thing. Ted talk. No, I, I I need to be in a room full of people with money who throw yeah, at me I, right now. <laughs> um, I I think that's that might be a pretty good place for us to to close up for today. But I think that like you said, this is weak on both the, the micro, the individual level and the macro, right? The communal and the societal level, right? Like this is, yeah. I found during this time that like artists are coming to mind a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to yes. s- support whether financially or just by sharing their work artists who like I was very fortunate in my undergrad to after five major changes to find my way to this arts and humanities college and one of the first classes I took was artist social justice and um, Dr. Dylan Miner was the teacher and he introduced me to uh, so many different artists, but like the basic idea of like art as this vehicle for conversation, art is a way to resist art is a way to like be active. And, and so whether it's like a musical artist, like bamboo um, or like print artists who are creating beautiful and important work right now, like I, I think that right as you said, like th- this is just what makes sense for me, right? Is that art is going to come out of this that reminds us like it, that we have to do this um, better because the way this went down, no, nah. we, we, we have a few, right? Like I'm, I feel like a very, I feel like I'm even in a very fortunate few where like I'm not at work, I'm getting paid. I can still pay for everything, whatever, all that stuff. We have a very fortunate few. And then we have so many who are like facing life in a way that they have never forced faced it before. And that collectively, I don't think we're doing the job that we could to, to support. And I think, um, Oh shoot. What's the quote? So there's a indigenous artist who said, my people will sleep for something along the lines. My people, he's uh Métis, I believe my people will sleep for a hundred years and it will be the artists who, uh, 
will will reawaken them or something like that. Like mm. artists are reminding us <laughs> of our humanity. Like and and hopefully on the other side of this we can collectively uh, do things better, even if it is on a smaller communal scale. Whether yeah. it's like through our churches and through our schools and through our our small businesses, we're like, you know what? I don't really like how that last thing went down. Let's uh, let's do this a little better. Yeah. And 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 people will start supporting the 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 folks who, you know, are gonna show up and who are gonna figure out ways to like support them in those crises and things like that. I don't know. I, it just, I, I think what everything you shared about the, what is it? Order, disorder, reorder. Like yeah, we're yeah. going to see that on individual and, and at least communal level. And I think um, one thing that I've found myself reflecting on is like how artists and creative folks are taking, are using this time, with the gifts that they have to like remind the world that we, we got to We got to do this a little bit better. Yeah. No doubt. Cool. cool. Um, in case you all forgot, uh, what you were listening to, <laughs> this is the dead man's coffee club. We didn't reintroduce ourselves, but I'm Tyler Fleming. I'm and, uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for taking the, it looks like, 45 minutes out of your day. I hope this uh, was useful. I hope this um, I hope this made your day a little bit better. Uh, wherever, you, wherever it finds you, whatever part of the country or world it finds you, I hope that to do the rambling about a pandemic, neither one of us are scientists, but <laughs> we're, we're trying to do this thing a little bit better. And I hope that it... Uh, served its purpose with you all today anything else oh no i'm uh i'm content (laughs) um but yeah seriously thank you thank you all for for your time and uh hopefully tyler and i can do more episodes not only surrounding this topic but um other topics and um Hopefully that's something that gives you uh, a bit more of a reprieve in your day. Um, and the goal here, the objective has always been to um, to create more space for light. Um, and, um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad to be back on the street. Dude, it felt good. Hopefully we can we can keep this up. I think so. We might just have time for it. all right then well until next time uh you heard it here first this is the dead man's coffee club and uh we'll we'll see you